Because you actually see him morph from a spider into a pig. <laughs> and you're going, what? Oh, Spider-Ham. He's the... Probably one of the best characters in this movie. Yes. Probably one of the best. John Mulaney hit it out oh, of the ballpark. Yes. And be like, they really do. To didn't... the point when his final line in the movie is, yes. that's all, folks. <laughs> Can he say that? Uh, legally? <laughs> Which was my question. Hey, let's rewind that. The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Herman. While we love film in general, thus being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all, and we'd like to welcome you to The Cell Cast. Rewind. Okay, that's fair to do it then. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cell Cast. I'm just going to repeat myself. Rewind. Joining me today is a man who, well, he's been through the multiverse a couple times. At least he's got a girlfriend now. <laughs> Welcome, Jacob. Why? Well, well, at least I didn't drag her from another universe. <laughs> there is that. That is true, because that would be awkward. <laughs> Why, thank you. And let me introduce our co-host, a man who simply... Uh, why did you have to bring that pig in again? <laughs> the spider pig? Well, I was feeling a little tiny, a little toony, and quite very much a little bit loony. I agree. This is not Tiny Toon Adventures. No, it's not. Though there is a Tiny Toon in it. Yes. He has a tune and he's tiny. But yeah. anyway. He's a pig. He is a pig. Yeah. If you're listening to this and wondering what's going on. Uh-huh. We are doing a couple episodes over the course of the next year, every other month, mm -hmm. starting with this one, where we are looking back at our season one episodes back before we had a real format for our reviews, mm -hmm. and we're re-reviewing them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is the Cellcast Rewind, and we're totally not ripping off another podcast. No, we're not, of course. Not in the slightest. No, 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 no. And look at the album art. Uh, special thanks to Francisco Roy Ruiz for uh, helping us with some things and being a good sport and the other and Paul. Oh my gosh. And a huge thank you to our fan, our, uh, our fans, our supporters yes. over, at, over on the cell nation and, 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 and in the cell cast podcast yes. page yes. for voting for yes. this to be our first one, which Honestly, makes a lot of sense considering the sequels coming out this year. Yes, which I'm looking forward to. So uh, we're kind of doing this a little loosey goosey. We didn't, I, because I, I didn't think to ask this question before we went live. I assume we want to give our scores from the last time before we get into the full review, but not, I would, but after the spoiler free, I would say so. Then let's do that. All right, let's jump into that spoiler free review. 
certified fresh and spoiler free. Yeah, that's the other thing. This was all season one was way before Deedlet joined us. Yeah, Deedlet and all the all the great stuff that's been you know developed over the the past five years, four seasons. We're happy you're here too, Deedlet. Yeah. Anyway, did she did she say anything on that? <laughs> Moving on. Oh, uh, oh, great! It's not worth repeating. Okay. At least we're not getting. Tr- I'm not going to say it because it'll probably happen. <laughs> Just say it. Not going to say it. Anywho, spoiler free review. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is like my fifth or sixth time <laughs> watching this film. <laughs> Because first time mm-hmm. was my uh, birthday movie of 2018. Mm-hmm. The second time was when uh, me and Chase went to go see it. Okay. The third time is when I dragged you and uh, Wendy <laughs> to go see it. Yes. And the fourth time was the last time we reviewed this. Oh my gosh. So this, yeah, this is actually fifth time I've oh. seen this film. Okay. No, six, because I watched this on Blu-ray by myself. Ah, okay. Uh, you know, you watch what you can get sometimes. That is true. If it's a film you really love, be like, yeah, you're going to watch it both Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I will say this, but if you're not watched uh, uh, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse before, and you have the Blu-ray, you're not watching off Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. It's not on Netflix anymore. Where is it at now? Yeah, uh, uh, Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Okay, if you're not watching on Amazon, uh, because I don't think this is on the Amazon one either, but you need to watch before the film, the short on the Blu-ray called uh, uh, Peter Porker, the spider ham in ham of a space, ham of a time. I don't remember the name. I think it's ham of a time. I think. Hang on. It's on the, it's listed on the back of here. Caught in a ham. Caught in a ham. So yeah, you do need to watch uh, spider ham caught in a ham first as it's, Honestly, they should have played it before the film in the theater. I agree. It, it would it would throw you for a loop, and mm. it'd be a weird way to start it. But it would just been like a cool little Looney Tune gag thing. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a comedic bit before mm-hmm. the thing, and uh, they're gonna and, and and of course it does end with him entering the Spider Verse mm-hmm. or through the through the mysterious portal. I'll say, mm-hmm. but it kind of I, th- I I think I would have preferred that to how it actually came so yeah go watch uh caught in a ham first mm. then watch spider-verse and uh do all that before you listen to us uh spoil it here in a minute mm. but yeah this is one of my favorite movies i'm looking forward to the sequel it is definitely family friendly and mm-hmm. i think everyone should go watch it i agree especially if you like spider-man in any way shape or form mm-hmm. This is, I believe, my third or fourth time watching this film. I also enjoy this film tremendously. Uh, like Drew said before, uh, he dragged me and Wendy. And I we have told the story over and over oh, again, yes. but it's worth repeating again and again and again. So <clears throat> my dear brother in Christ, uh, I had forgotten to mention he's watched this movie twice already. Yeah, forgot to mention that his 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 brother his brother, in my defense. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> it was not in my context to think about it at the time. Right, right, right. In right. fact, I nearly texted you about five minutes into this movie saying, "Hey, by the way, the opening logos you might want to skip." <laughs> 
just as a joke just a joke but right because it did i don't know if it had just never come up before mm -hmm. no it had come up before because of uh the incredibles 2 yeah uh yeah i was just gonna hold incredibles 2 mm -hmm. uh because that movie had a lot of uh flashing strobing lights yeah. which was a worry for those with epilepsy yeah it wasn't as bad and i i know you can get epilepsy from yes. that you mm -hmm. you, you can suffer seizures. from epileptic yeah you get epileptic seizures sometimes yeah and i knew that at the time it just didn't it just never occurred <laughs> to me to let you know ahead of time that because it, it didn't even i didn't even think it was that bad yeah in reality because right. I, I have no idea how sensitive at the time i had no way of being right. that sensitive right but uh yeah sorry i was looking at something on my phone uh so yeah it was a fun uh interesting experience yeah agreed because i <laughs> as as the columbia logo is playing oh my god something yep. occurs to me that i may <laughs> need to check on my brother sitting next to me and I, i'm literally <laughs> sitting there it's like crap because my entire body's doing this number. It's right. like, crap. It's like, it's like, Drew, why did you warn me? <laughs> think about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was it was fine. Be like, our our, our, our our dear friend Wendy's in like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You need to leave us. Like, no, I'm fine. They can't do anything anyway. Because there again, like I've said before, I have Tourette's disorder. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I can have epileptic seizures. Right. And uh, I'm just sitting there in the theater. It's like, wow, this is really cool. And it's getting really strubby. And it's like, okay. And the thing is, once you recognize that little fact, you're stuck. <laughs> and then the Marvel logo is going, and you're going, surely that's the last no uh, logo. <laughs> and then you get Sony Pictures Animation. Okay, that makes sense. Surely that was the last logo. No. Pascal Pictures. Sure. Guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you, you, you're killing your audience here. I know what you're doing, and thankfully, the second the approved by the Comics Code Authority logo, pops oh, that up, was perfect. which is just a funny joke yes. in and of itself. Yes, uh, that's when everything just kind of goes off, and you get a few seconds to breathe before more more strenuous uh, visuals hit you. Yeah, but not not as not as stroby, not as stroby, not as stroby, no stroby, no stroby. Uh, so yeah, watch that great, great viewing. And, uh, and then we reviewed it for the podcast. Yes. We reviewed podcast that first year, which we're re reviewing now. And I remember I watched it uh, after that and then watching it for this review. So it's like four times, right? Four times. It's really good. Highly recommend it there again. If you do have, uh, are you pro if you're prone to having epileptic seizures, be like, you might want to skip the intro. Or at just, least the, the, the opening logos. Well, just fast forward a little bit, because that should get you past that without mm -hmm. triggering the epilepsy, yeah. I will hope. Yeah. Though I will say, I one of, this is just a little thing, because I, I, we didn't talk on this last time, because the, the little effects on the Columbia logo specifically. Oh, yeah. Not the other ones. The other ones were just kind of, oh, you're playing with the visuals. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, the Columbia logo, they actually mess with and actually show different versions of the Columbia logo. That is over true. The years, they do. Which is cool. Yeah, I agree. Which is, I think, is why that's the less trippy one of the logos. I agree. Because they're not just trying to go, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, th this is a really, really good film. 
feel like if there again, if you're just a Marvel nut and you haven't watched this film, what are you doing? Go find it. Go watch it. Yes. Um, if you're the animation guys like we are, be like you probably are watching it already. If you have it, what are you doing? Watch this film. Mm-hmm. And if you're just the average moviegoer, be like everybody I've talked to, like anime, like movie wise, this is a very excellent film. Yes. I do have one other little story to tell that I actually told on the original, but I want to tell it again. Okay. On about my first, about why I chose this movie ah. originally so okay. as my birthday movie that year. Ah, okay. Because if you remember that year, 2018, mm-hmm. that was actually going to be, I was thinking the first year where there wasn't going to be a movie for me to watch in theaters for my birthday movie. Oh, okay. Because the thing that would have made the most sense, Solo, a Star Wars movie, came out in May. Instead of December, like all the other Star Wars movies. Fair. Which is annoying. But anyway, so that October, of course, you know, I, me and my mom will go and watch all the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really too hip on going to see Venom because I'd heard some, you know, poor reviews. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear more on what Venom was like, go listen to the Bottom Shelf podcast where they reviewed that one. an interesting episode Uh, okay but uh, as always we got to the end of the movie and of course it's a marvel movie you just kind of have learned if if it starts with the marvel logo you you don't leave until the the uh ad uh, slideshow starts back up again yeah at the after the film goes off so we're just waiting in the uh in there waiting for the credits to finish and and if you've never seen venom Mm -hmm. what it does is at the very end it says it throws up the little comic blurb thing that says, meanwhile, in another multiverse. Mm-hmm. And then it shows the train scene mm-hmm. where he first meets Peter B. Parker. Yeah. And up until this point, I had been a little iffy on watching Into the Spider-Verse because, A, while I like the Spider-Verse comic, mm-hmm. I just suspected that they weren't going to follow it because I mean, they've done some spider-verse adaptions before yeah and they've been good but they've not been you know exactly what i wanted right and I, when i initially saw the animation for this mm. on a trailer i remember thinking oh no that, that was looks, similar that looks cheap because it, you couldn't really tell what they were doing in the original right. in the original trailer for this mm-hmm. so they get oh this looks cheap this looks bad don't, guys don't do this so i was just willing to write it off and then we're I'm sitting in that theater waiting to go use the restroom for this last thing to air. And it says, meanwhile, another multiverse. I'm thinking, what is, <laughs> what are you showing here? And it starts going through the train scene. And I'm watching this on the scene on the big screen for the first time before this point, completely, you know, didn't, was not interested really. Yeah. I was going to watch it anyway, but I assumed this was going to be like a made for TV cheap thing like mm-hmm. i expected it to be this is gonna sound bad but i expected it to be something along the level of the dc animated universe mm. not that that's bad right per right, se right it's just you know you go to see them those are straight to dvd movies yeah and if you're gonna put it in a theater i want theatrical quality and it just didn't look like it was doing that so i'm watching this and going uh <laughs> mom i know i said this other movie that i still haven't watched i think mortal engines was the name of it yeah it was the Peter Jackson one that yeah. came out there. I, I know that said that was going to be our Christmas movie. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I want to see this because this looks amazing. <laughs> and so that's what we watched that year. Makes sense. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm saying to you, Jacob, you need to go watch this film. We need to 
set up a time for both of us. I'll go watch it with you. You don't have to go see it by yourself. We need. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then Wendy decided to come along with us. I don't remember how we got. uh, She decided to come. Yeah. How that happened, but she went with us. And then I'm sitting next to you. Oh my gosh! You're having an epileptic (laughs) seizure, and I'm feeling guilty because it's like. I knew that was going to happen. Why did I not say anything? Because I didn't think about it. Yeah, because Wendy is like, are you okay? Do we need to leave? It's like, no, nope. can't do anything. Nope. Just let me get my oils. <laughs> yeah, just like, like, yeah, it's like, yes, Wendy is a huge uh, yeah. young living. Yeah, um, thanks, thankfully that cleared up. That did. Really very, quickly. Yes. But, and we both, and we all three enjoyed the movie again. Tremendously, yes. Yes, so. Anyway, I think that's the last of that yeah, story. I, I, I would agree, kind of follow up with that, because watching it now, uh, I watched it the other day, because you you asked me the other day to have the film, and yes, I, I did. didn't remember if you'd bought it. Mm-hmm. So I like watched I it. I watched it. I'm like, you know what? This isn't too bad. Be like, it's, it's on a 50-inch television. It's on a 150-inch screen. And you're just like, <laughs> you say that, and I remember sitting there going, wow, they really did not think how this would have affect people with epilepsy did they no they didn't <laughs> they really this this is getting close to that the lost pokemon episode oh man. gosh if that was the case i'd be like i would just be like <laughs> which by the way that was pikachu's fault not porygon hashtag justice for porygon <laughs> porygon has not shown up in the pokemon anime since then and it was not porygon's fault oh yeah because he- pikachu he- setting up a thunderbolt inside of a computer that caused it to happen Ow. That gives me that gives me like a, you can't, a, that, a mental seizure just thinking about it. You can't put the stupid electric rack rat in jail. So anyway, <laughs> are you ready to jump into our full review on yeah, this? Yeah, why not? All right. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Let's do this one more time. listener discretion is advice <laughs> i'm sorry my brain farted <laughs> hey you did something different it I, was cool and you went what am i supposed to do next wait there's like there's like i still need to say the other thing but i can't remember what it is now <laughs> anyway anyways oh my gosh <laughs> spider-man into the spider-verse this is of course a rewind review mm-hmm. and so, so as such jacob do you want to know what you scored this movie previously I think I remember, but tell me anyways. You scored it a nine. Yeah. Do you think that's going to hold? You don't have to. Granted, we will talk over it. and So I don't want this to color your final. No, no, no. Be like, I I, I remember seeing that. And I was like, I think it might change. I think it might change. Really? Maybe. I previously scored this a 9.5. You did. Because I granted, I think I might have still been in the honeymoon phase, yeah, a little bit when we reviewed this, mm-hmm. but it might change if for no other reason than we've had experience. We are on year five in the beginnings of year five, right? So we're a little bit more seasoned reviewers now, right? So there might be some differences, we'll see, possibly, yes, either way, yeah. It was written and directed by Rodney Rotham who also wrote 22 Jump Street. Direct, also directed by Bob Preschetti and Peter Ramsey. Bob Preschetti was a rough in-betweener on The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, okay. 
this was actually his first direct uh, director hmm. job. The other uh, uh, director, Peter Ramsey, he directed Rise of the Guardians. Really? Yeah. And the last per, uh, person I got in here, it was also written by Phil Lord. Of course, um, oh, what is the Lego movies, right? It's the Lego movies back. Uh, Lord Miller. Yeah, Lord Miller. But Miller's just a producer on this. He's not, he didn't mm. put anything else into it. But yeah. Lord at least did some writing on it. Okay, that makes sense. Throwing that out there. Uh, getting into the cast, we've got Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And in something called Dope, he played Malcolm. Hmm. I don't know anything else. The other big things he big things he did or is doing is the upcoming Spider-Verse films. Ah, uh-huh, okay. He's got a couple other things on there, but nothing really jumped out at me. Yeah. Jake Johnson played Peter B. Parker. And in Jurassic World, he played a character named Lowry. Oh, okay. One of the people on Pratt's team. Oh, okay, okay. I had to look it up because oh, okay. I was like, who's Lowry? I got you. <laughs> Haley Steinfeld played uh, Spider Gwen, aka mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. or Spider Woman, technically. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the the recent Hawkeye film, okay, Hawkeye film, Hawkeye TV show, okay, she played Kate Bishop, the new Hawkeye. Oh, that explains why I recognize her a little bit. Yes. I, still, I still haven't watched that yet. I need to. I'm... You need. You do need to. You do. Th- need didn't you to. say it was like more like a Christmas movie? Christmas show. It's actually a Christmas show. Okay, so I'll watch it in December watch it now it's, have a christmas and se- christmas in march okay <laughs> okay then no, it's just a good it's just a good show okay to watch um and i'm gonna apologize ahead of time for saying this name wrong because i'm fairly certain i will maher shala ali played uncle aaron aka the prowler mm-hmm. and he played the character of vector in alita battle angel that's right he did he's a really good actor oh yes Bryron Tyree Henry was Jefferson Davis. Jeff yeah. Davis, the father. Oh, thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, in Bullet Train, he played Lemon. Oh, okay. Still haven't seen that film yet. Lily Tomlin, the voice of Aunt May, mm-hmm. who may or may not be at Madam Web. Okay. Based on theories. Uh, a web theory. Possibly. <laughs> she played... Uh, Miss Frizzle on the Magic School Bus. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that was Miss Frizzle. <laughs> huh. Who would have thought, right? Mm-hmm. Luna Lauren Velez played Rio Morales, uh, Miles's mom. Yeah. And in the TV show Dexter, she played Lieutenant Maria LaGuarta, mm. who apparently got a, uh, a promotion on that show to captain at some point, according mm. to IMDb, but I never watched the show. Yeah. So I suspect she's since Dexter is a mass murderer and he's the protagonist. I'm assuming she's the uh lead detective or something. I don't know. Well, I haven't watched the show yet. I was gonna make a loop in the third reference, but I can't remember what the cop's name is. Oh, right now. <laughs> okay. It's not Sarazawa. That's a that's that's a Godzilla character. <laughs> I cannot Sekizawa. It's not Sekizawa. I, I can't remember the policeman's name either way. Yeah, moving on. Zoe Kravitz played mm-hmm. Mary Jane Parker. Mm-hmm. And she was Selena Kyle in The Batman. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, I was like, oh, she played that version of Catwoman. Mm-hmm. So, okay. The the three-hour Batman movie, which apparently they're doing a second one, I think. 
Yeah, I think so. And it's somehow separate from the rest of the DC universe going forward. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm. James Gunn, don't know what he's doing, but we'll find we'll, out. We'll find out. John Mulaney played Peter Porker, the spider ham. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Peter Porker, the spectacular spider ham. Yes. Be specific. Yes. And he was Chip in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew oh. I was going to get that reaction oh out of my. you. Are you kidding me? I'm not I, kidding you. I was like, wait a minute. Like, the original Chip and Dale? No. Rescue? No. The, the movie. The movie. Oh my the God. interesting movie. Yes. Like, it's like, that, come on. What is essentially Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2, but without any of the of the uh polish yes <laughs> oh my uh, yeah wow kamiko glenn played penny parker yeah and she played a character named nomi in something called dogs in space dogs in space hmm. i don't know what it is but it looked but oh. it had dog in it okay thought of you <laughs> thanks is what it is Next, we've got Nicolas Cage. Yeah. As Spider-Man Noir. He he killed it in this role. Killed it. And he played the character of Caster Troy in Face Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also Benjamin Franklin in National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Also Ghost Rider, which will come up later. <laughs> oh my god. In Ghost Rider. <laughs> Johnny Blaze. Oh my yeah. Johnny wow. Blaze wasn't in the other thing, but anyway, no. Oh wow, just wow. Yeah. Mm. And uh, next we've got Catherine Hahn playing Doctor Olivia Octavius, yes, aka Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. But more recently, in the television show WandaVision, she was. And I killed Sparky too. Yep. I'm sorry. She may be my favorite character in the MCU right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming. They're coming out with a. They're coming a, out with a new show. Her her own show. It's, how they're gonna get her where they out of where they left her? I don't know, but I'm yeah, looking forward to finding that's out. That's gonna be interesting. Leave Schreiber played Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. and he played Victor Creed in X Men Origins Wolverine. Brian, oh. me, that's Sabretooth, isn't it? Yes, that's Sabretooth. I thought that was Sabretooth. <laughs> Fisk was Sabretooth. <laughs> Chris Pine played Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was Captain James Tiberius Kirk in the Abramsverse Star yes. Trek films. Plus a couple other shows, he movies he was in. Yeah. He's, about, he's a... Uh, a certain other, can't think of his... Hunt for Red October. Oh, uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Thank yeah, you. He, he played Jack Ryan he, in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yes. I'm sitting there going, it's Shadow Recruit. What's his first name? Because that's part that, Jack that comes Ryan. before the title. Not Jack Reacher. Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Yes. I've actually read both books, the first ones. Mm-hmm. And believe me, Jack Reacher, big bulky guy from the military who can crush you like a lemon. Yes. Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan is a book nerd. <laughs> Is, mm-hmm. a, is, is a former Marine. <laughs> and last, but most certainly not least, obviously I have cut the film cast down. Yes. To save us all time. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of cast. Stan the man Lee 
as Stan mm-hmm. in his final film role. Yes. Technically, this did come out before Endgame, which is the one that contains the final cameo that we got to see. Yes. But this was the last one. This is this is not only the last one he recorded. It was the first movie to come out after he passed. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Just putting all that out there. There is some Kingdom Hearts connections, though. Only, really? Only three. Okay. And it's all because of Kingdom Hearts 3 and the fact that it has an orchestral score. Oh, okay. And not MIDI. Oh, James Thatcher and George Doring were in the music department for both the game and the movie. Hmm. And Stephen Mayer played double bass in both. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's all I got for cast and crew. What do we got in info and stuff? Okay. So info and stuff. It has an IND score of 8.5 out of 10. It's available to watch on no longer on Amazon, no longer on Netflix, Netflix. Thank you. It's no longer available on Netflix. Uh, I think I remember at one point, very briefly, it was available on Disney Plus, but that no, got it, it's not gotten put back on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think it was there for like a hot second and then it got taken off. Maybe I'm not gonna say you're wrong, but I don't think it was. Now we do know that uh all of the Spider-Man films are going to end up on Disney Plus after the previously made contracts with Netflix and now Amazon go out. Oh, okay. They are Disney Plus is the next stop for all of the Spider-Man films. Okay, good. Good. Because be like be like you have MC movies and they're not on Disney Plus. What is there is still one film that that will leave off of Disney Plus though that is a Marvel movie. Ah, which one is that? The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. Because it's universal. It's universal. That's right. And universal is not playing ball. Nope. Not That's happening. why we still don't have an Incredible Hulk movie again, sequel. That happens. All right. So we uh, got She-Hulk TV show because that's technically a separate property. It is. Uh, so it's available to watch on Amazon Prime for Amazon Prime Video for $2.99 and on YouTube for $3.99. Production. Like, he, like Drew said before, there's a lot of production. Ha- there's a lot of production hands going in yeah. this movie. Uh, Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, Marvel mm-hmm. Entertainment, Arad? Uh, Arad. Arad. Yeah. I think it's Arad because it's AV. No, it's Arad. It's Arad. Arad. That's right. Arad. I had to think. Yeah, Arad. Thank yeah. you. He's been connected to all the Spider-Man films since the first one. That's so. true. And- and Pascal, which is the next one you're probably about to read. No, actually, we like you have a rod, a rod productions, uh-huh. Lord Miller productions, Lord Miller, yeah, and Pascal pictures, right? And Amy, I think it's Amy Pascal is, mm-hmm. the, is that producer's name, yeah. and she's been connected, I think, since uh, I don't remember if it's amazing Spider Man, mm-hmm. if that's when she came in, or if she came in at Homecoming, oh, okay, but either way, who knows? I don't remember all these things, yeah, so distributed by. Sony Pictures releasing. Mm-hmm. And I would say be like with the Spider-Man movies that Sony has done, they do very well. Anything else Marvel they touch? Not that great. Just saying. Are you saying that you're not a fan of Morbius? I haven't seen Morbius, but everything I've heard, it's not good. There again, I don't have a full opinion on it. I'll be like, I've seen I've seen Venom. Let me put it this way: after I watched Morbius, I mm. went, 
<laughs> I mean, it was fun, but it was stupid. Okay, and fair. and everything you introduced in the after credits scene makes no bloody sense. But okay, <laughs> I'll put it this way: the vulture shows up, and by the vulture, I mean homecoming vulture. Yeah, that's separate universes. It really is. They had to come up with an excuse for him to show up over there. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> All right, so going into release date, uh, it was released on December 1st, 2018. Uh, and then it was released nationwide here in the United States on December 14th, the same year. So box office, it had estimated budget. It was of a very good day for it to come out. December 14th? Mm-hmm. Because it's your birthday. Because that's my birthday. Yes. <laughs> so keep that in mind, people. Yes. Keep that in mind. This movie actually came out on my birthday. All right, so it had an estimated budget of $90 million. It had an opening weekend. That's This is a really good opening weekend. Uh, on December 16th of $35.6 million for the United States and Canada that weekend, and its U.S. and Canada gross was $190.2 million. Its worldwide gross was $384.2 million. Like now, Grant, it's not in-game money or Infinity War money, but that's a really good. That's really good for a movie. Oh yeah, really, really especially good. Especially animated. Yeah, especially animated. But like this is not. That's from, not Pixar or Disney. Yeah, exactly. They usually get a pull on those. Yeah, true. So going into home release, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was released on digital download by Sony Pictures Home Entertainment on February 26, 2019 with a Blu-ray, Ultra HD Blu-ray, and a DVD release following on March 19th. All release were uh, had features uh, had had the if I can talk uh, by a short film featuring Spider-Ham including Catch uh caught in a ham uh there's also apparently an extended cut with additional 30 minutes of unreleased footage uh, let's see that would have been the alternate universe mode yeah and I, it, I, yes that it is. is all it, it does cut in with pencil sketches basically of what they would have done which included of all things spider-man the motion picture Oh, we're talking like, yeah, either or. It was how they introduced his uh, roommate earlier in the film in that version. Yeah. And he was essentially like playing Ned in uh, Homecoming. Mm -hmm. That kind of character. Yeah. And say, oh, you got to do all the, you got to be a hero. And I'm going to, uh, I know all this cool stuff about Spider-Man because I watched this movie that I acquired. <laughs> All right, so with a writer's commentary on it, including the Spider-Man. Oh, wow. With the voice mask so you couldn't tell who he was. I got you. All right, so uh, Spider-Man Spider-Verse was also released on Blu-ray 3D format in several in several regions outside the United States and the UK on August 10th, 2019. Sony... Uh, on April 2021, Sony signed a deal with Disney giving them access to their legacy content, including Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and all its sequels, to stream on Disney Plus on Hulu 
and appear on Disney's linear TV networks. Disney Access, Sony's titles, would come following uh, their availability on Netflix. Into the Spider-Verse uh, was also produced, uh, was previously available on Stars and FX. This film became available on Disney Plus in the UK, which we I think it's still there now. Yeah. Uh, UK, Australia, and Japan on June 17th, 2022, and on September 9th, 2022, in Ireland, Latin America, and Europe. Sequels. Obviously, there is a sequel coming this year, 2023. Yes. Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. And it's not part one anymore. Yeah, they took the part one and part two off of those uh, last year sometime. Mm-hmm. And part three, well, what was part two, mm-hmm. the third movie, does technically have a different name, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. All right, so... Like yeah. End of the Spider-Verse or yeah, something it's, like it's that. It's actually Beyond the Spider-Verse. Oh, Beyond the Spider-Verse. Thank beyond you. Beyond the Spider-Verse. So on August, tw- August 2018, the directors were focused on completing the film, but acknowledged the that the introduction of the Spider-Verse would, in the film could create the potentials of many different stories to be told, developing the... Depending on the success of the film, and obviously it was very success. Uh, as, uh, by the end of November... Sony had greenlit a sequel and a spinoff uh, for uh, for that certain film to developed into uh, due to the incredible buzz surrounding the film. The film in a production in 2022, Sony announced that the sequel will be released on August 8th, 2022, but the release was later delayed by six months to October 7th, 2022, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks, COVID. It's still not out yet because no, time. Because time, of course. They then still again, had to work on it. Then again, on June, on June 2023, June 23, in, Decem- in December 2021, uh, there we go, uh, Lord and Miller revealed that the film uh was split in two parts after they wrote down the story they wanted to tell for the sequel and realized it was too much for a single film both films took place uh to uh both film uh worked on both parts uh took place simultaneously the second part the second part beyond the spider-verse is set to be released march 29th 2024 and I'm looking forward to both these films. Yes. Because for me personally, like I want to watch the films at the same time. That means Marvel legends is going to come up with a new Spider-Man, which I'm going to grab. <laughs> Indeed. Let's jump into the summary right quick. Mm-hmm. New York city teenager, Miles Morales struggles to live up to the expectations of his father, police officer, Jefferson Davis, who sees Spider-Man as a menace. Miles adjusts to prep school and visits his uncle, Aaron Davis, who takes him to an abandoned subway station to paint graffiti. Miles is bitten by a radioactive spider and gains spider-like abilities similar to Spider-Man. Returning to the station, Miles discovers a collider built by Wilson Fisk, who hopes to access parallel universes to bring back his late wife and son, whose deaths deaths he blames on Spider-Man. 
Miles watches as Spider-Man attempts to disable the collider while fighting Wilson's henchmen, Green Goblin, and the Prowler. Spider-Man saves Miles, but Green Goblin shoves Spider-Man into the collider, causing an explosion that kills Goblin and severely wounds Spider-Man. Spider-Man gives Miles a USB flash drive designed to disable the collider, warning that the machine could destroy the universe if activated. After watching in horror as Wilson kills Spider-Man, Miles flees with Prowler in pursuit, eventually getting away from him. As the city mourns Spider-Man's death, Peter tries to honor his legacy and become the new Spider-Man. While trying out his newfound abilities, he inadvertently damages the drive. At Spider-Man's grave, Miles meets Peter B. Parker, an older and worn-out version of Spider-Man from another dimension. Upon meeting him, Miles discovers that he discovers his ability to emit bioelectric bursts called Venom Blasts. Peter reluctantly agrees to train Miles in exchange for help stealing the data to create a new drive. They infiltrate Wilson's research facility, and Miles discovers that he has the power to turn invisible. They are confronted by mad scientist Olivia Octavius, who discovers that Peter will die from cellular decay if he remains in that dimension. Chased through the laboratory and surrounding forest by Octavius, Miles and Peter are saved by Gwen Stacy, a spider woman from another dimension. Mm -hmm. They visit Peter's aunt, May Parker, who is sheltering more spider people from other dimensions, namely Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, and Spider-Ham, who are also deteriorating. Miles offers to disable the Collider, and the others can return home, but after questioning and testing him, they tell him that he lacks experience. Distraught, Miles retreats to Aaron's home, where he discovers that Aaron is the Prowler. Miles returns to May's house, where Penny has completed the new drive. He is followed by Wilson, Prowler, Octavius, Scorpion, and Tombstone. In the ensuing brawl, Miles reveals that his identity to Aaron just as Aaron corners him. Unwilling to kill his own nephew, Aaron spares Miles, but is fatally shot by Wilson. Miles flees with Aaron, who tells him to keep going before dying. Jefferson arrives on the scene, and Miles escapes, leading Jefferson to mistake Spider-Man as Aaron's murderer. The heroes regroup with a distraught Jefferson. Hang on. The heroes regroup with a distraught Miles at his dorm room. Peter restrains Miles to ensure his safety and leaves him with the others, choosing to sacrifice himself by staying behind and deactivating the collider. Jefferson arrives outside Miles' door and, assuming Miles does not want to speak to him, apologizes for his mistakes and inspires Miles. Miles then manages to control his powers, escapes his restraints, and creates his own Spider-Man suit with May's help. He joins the heroes, defeating Wilson's enforcers and using the new drive to send them home. Wilson fights Miles, attracting the attention of Jefferson, who realizes that Spider-Man isn't the menace he saw him as. Jefferson encourages Miles, who subdues Wilson with his Venom Blast, and throws him at the kill switch, destroying the Collider. Wilson and his henchmen are arrested for their crimes, and Jefferson recognizes the new Spider-Man as a hero while receiving evidence of Wilson's murders of Peter and Aaron. Miles embraces the responsibilities of his new life with the heroes returned to their lives in their own dimensions. Later, Gwen finds a way to contact Miles from her own dimension. Meanwhile, in another dimension, Miguel O'Hara of... Uh, spider-man 2099 fame travels to the universe of 1967 the spider-man animated series and argues with it spider-man <laughs> getting into the trivia for this art directors dean gordon and patrick o'keefe and their team turned to cubism to help represent the dimensional quakes cubist art often depicts a collection of different views all happening at the same time so it was a natural metaphor for the multiple universes converging in spider-verse if you hit pause anytime a train goes by, because all the animators want to animate Stan Lee, he is in almost every single train. Really? Yeah. 
Okay, then. It was announced shortly after Stan Lee's death at age 95 that he had recorded a cameo for the film and that it would be his final voice acting role. Bill Lord and Christopher Miller felt it was important that Lee was given a bigger moment compared to previous Marvel films because he was so integral to the spirit of the movie and considered his role extra meaningful following his death. The unique animation style of Spider-Verse aims to make the viewer feel as if they're in the pages of a comic book. Mm -hmm. According to Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the film combined the latest computer-generated animation technology with hand-drawn artistry. It was very important to us that every frame of the movie was refined by the artist's hand after the visuals were rendered by computers. If you freeze any part of the movie at any time, it will look like an illustration with hand-drawn touches and all. Hmm. I agree with there. It was Peter Ramsey's idea, though, to hold off on the visual comic language, word bubbles, panels, etc., mm-hmm. until Miles is bitten by the spider. That makes sense. And, uh, the bagel text, as the bagel hits the scientist's head, was a joke pitch that an animator took seriously and added it in. <laughs> I loved it. That makes sense. That's perfect. Completing the animation for the film required up to 180 animators, the largest crew ever used by Sony Pictures Animation for a film. The film was dedicated in memory of Spider-Man's co-creator, Steve Ditko, who died on July 6, 2018, while this film was finishing production. Mm. However, this was not the only dedication, of course, as a month before the film was released. Stan Lee died on November 12, 2018. Mm. The film was dedicated to both the Spider-Man's creators. Yes. Nicolas Cage was excited that the director let him have fun with the role of Spider-Man Noir. Cage says, it's no secret that I like to play with different sources. It was fun to go back in time and pull back a little of that Humphrey Bogart essence. I, I, yeah. Just a little. Yeah. A little. Daniel Pemberton followed the ambitious lead of the Spider-Verse animation by developing an equally intricate score. After all the musical elements had been recorded, they were recorded onto vinyl and then re-scratched into the mix. Daniel Pemberson says, I got a DMC World Scratch Champion DJ to scratch all the parts in. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. When Miles first visits Uncle Aaron's apartment, the television is playing the television show Community. The beginning of that episode shows Donald Glover's character, Troy, getting out of bed wearing Spider-Man pajamas. This was a reference to an unsuccessful 2010 campaign to get Donald Glover a chance to audition for the lead role in The Amazing Spider-Man. 2012 Hmm. miles morales co-creator brian michael bendis describes that image of glover in the spider-man pajamas as one of the major inspirations for the creation of the character and the character's design additionally glover appeared as another version of aaron davis in spider-man homecoming Hmm. in which he makes a brief appearance to his nephew that's true he does glover also voiced miles morales in disney's ultimate spider-man in 2012 Hmm. that cartoon series nice at the beginning of the film, the, fra- the famous phrase, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. This is actually said by Cliff Robertson, who played Uncle Ben in the original Spider-Man trilogy, starring Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. This quote was pulled from Spider-Man 2002 archival footage as Robertson passed away in 2011. Mm. Spider-Ham's contribution to the scene when all the Spideys mention who they've lost is now a touching beat of him acknowledging you can't always save everybody. Mm. But it used to be a joke line about how his uncle Frankfurter, who was, was electrocuted and he smelled so delicious. Oh, jeez! <laughs> it earned a big laugh from early viewers, but they realized it took both it both took viewers out of the heaviness of the scene and hurt Ham's appeal going forward. 
In the epilogue, Spider-Ham still appears eating a hot dog in front of Uncle Frankfurter's restaurant. According to comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis, Miles used his mother's last name because his dad was a secret agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh. And wanted to keep Miles safe. By the time Jefferson was no longer an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Miles was too old to change his name. Oh, okay. Which I don't think is a thing. I think you could still pay the 10 bucks at City Hall to get it changed. Yeah, you, you can. Expensive it is, but you can. You know, whatever. Amongst all of the alternate Spider-Man suits in the deceased Spider-Man's underground lair are the Iron Spider suit from the Civil War comic arc and the suit from Sony's PlayStation 4 game with the white spider detail. Doc Ock's office is filled with octagonal-like fixtures and furniture as they enter her true identity. Huh. When Miles shuts down the Collider's generator, you can see the Flidsmurdifer machine from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs getting sucked in. Oh my gosh. Peter Porker's animation and design look reminiscent of Looney Tunes. He also looks similar to Porky Pig, even lampshaded when the spiders return to their home dimensions. Porker's parting words, that's all, folks, prompts an immediate reply from Peter B. Can he say that, you know, legally? The Peter Parker of Miles' universe is blonde, a reference to Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, mm -hmm. and a clone of Peter Parker, who for a time took over as Spider-Man and even dyed his hair blonde during his time as Spider-Man. This one I found interesting. The brief shot of the cover of Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, mm -hmm. seen at the very beginning of the film, shows a character touching another character's shoulder. Oh, you're right. And it's a deep cut piece of foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> oh. Ooh. I like that. That is good. Last but not least, I'm going to go over the actual first introductions of pretty much all the spider people in this film. Okay. So before you did that, because okay. I, I when you were talking about how, like, how much it would cost to change your name, He's yeah. not going to be thinking, is there again, AD Brian? It's like, what is that? Right. So I assumed it was $10. I got no, no, it actually, uh, the, the court filing fee may cost between $100 and $300, depending on where you live. Mm. You know, that's what. Okay. So yeah, it may not be feasible. Yeah. In that instance. Like it's, it depends on where you, like Especially what, New York. It's probably yeah. expensive there. Yeah, probably. Just like, just FYI, if you wanted to change your name, that's how much it cost. All righty. So going into first appearances, Peter Parker, the original Spider-Man, mm -hmm. first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15 mm -hmm. in June 1962. Uh-huh. Because one of these Peters has to be Ben Riley. Ben Riley, a.k.a. the Scarlet Spider, mm -hmm. first showed up in Amazing Spider-Man number 149 in July 1975. He did. Spider-Ham was first introduced in Marvel Tales, starring Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, in November of 1983. Wow. Spider-Man 2099 made his official debut in Spider-Man 2099 number one, March 1992. Huh. Spider-Man Noir first appears in Spider-Man colon Noir number one in February 2009. Hmm. The Miles Morales version of Spider-Man first appearance was in Ultimate Fallout number four, August 2011. Mm -hmm. The Spider-Gwen version of Spider-Woman made her debut in Edge of Spider-Verse, 
Mm-hmm. Number two, in September of 2014, that was one of the tie-in books to the original Spider-Verse event. And Penny Parker and SP slash slash DR, her spider friend, yes, first appear in Edge of Spider-Verse number five, October 2014. Hmm. I just realized, though, I did leave out uh, Spider-Man 66. You did. First appearing on the animated television series Spider-Man in 1966. Yeah. the 67. Mm-hmm. Either way. One of those. In the 60s. Yes. That's what I all I got for uh, trivia and mm-hmm. such. What's your first like for this film? Oh, that that's almost like a like a dead ringer there. The animation in this film is oh, spectacular. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like be like you you go into this film full force animation like with lo- the logos how they do the logos mm-hmm. how they do that even though be like it might be a little ep- epileptic granted but be like from from start to finish animation wise this movie is a tour de force like you you know they took some time they took their they took every bit of their energy every bit of like everything to create this movie and the the uh like how, how they used angles, how they be like, just how they animated characters. Yeah. Be like, you have like every, you have Spider-Man Noir, Noir, how he's animated. You can um, actually see the uh, half dot pattern in his, yes. On, on, on his uh, model. Yes, you can. From the print, from the newspaper print. Yes. Which is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, Peter Porker, Peter Porker, Spider-Pig is like how he's be like, they're all animated differently, except yeah. for like, uh, Spider Gwen is uh, is animated very similar to how Miles is, and like they're yeah, all Spider Gwen, Miles, and Peter B. Parker pretty yeah. much use the same animation style. And then you have whereas Penny, Penny is a form of anime. Yeah, I say form. Yeah, it's a form of anime. Be like some people are like, well, it's not really anime. No, it's a style of anime. Come on, people. I, I'm mostly saying it's not even traditional anime. It's mm-hmm. Because it's it's got kind of a cutout mm-hmm. feature. It's really more manga than anime in a I way. I agree, it does. Colored manga, not actual full anime, but that's just being pedantic. Yeah. Like a motion mm-hmm. comic almost. Yeah, agreed. I would agree with you on that. Uh, so yeah, this movie, the animation in this movie is breathtaking. It's one of those where you could probably just stop. You could stop, take a, a, a screenshot frame it and to look gorgeous be like it's just one of these films it was 2018 this movie came out right yes yeah 2018 and i remember saying at one point it's like i would just love a just a screenshot of this on the wall because it's so breathtaking because the, the use of color and light and just motion and everything it's um no matter where you are in the film you can just stop and just whoa Right, like you study it for hours and hours and hours. Be like, if if it's not be like the 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 I'm I'm the the uber comic nerd. I have to know everything that's going on. Or the artist who's sitting like, wow, they did this and this and this and this and this entire film. It's spectacular or um, sensational. Let's use that. Uh, I'm going to use all the or the, adjectiveless. Or adjectiveless. <laughs> oh, you got amazing, superior, superior spectacular. spectacular. Not uncanny because that's only on X Men. Yeah, 
avenging <laughs> either way yeah there's actually an avenging spider-man yeah. comic 2099 noir gwen <laughs> gwen spider ham but overall like i said the animation in this movie is breathtaking and i love it to death so animation my first like is the attention to detail yes there are so many little bits mm -hmm. here that i can't even talk about them all so i'm going to talk about one okay just to give you an idea mm -hmm. at near the end when, when he's when miles is kind of frustrated and panicking and they're trying to calm him down and console him uh-huh he at one point he's uh miles says none of you understand he is referencing the fact that you know he just saw his uncle aaron yeah. die in mm -hmm. front of him yeah and it's his fault who's the next person who answers him It's Gwen. That's true. It is Gwen. It is Gwen. And she says, we're probably the only people who do, do understand. Think? Yes. One of the things that caught me off guard is uh, on that is, yeah, every other Spider-Man, of course, has lost somebody that actually got them to being a hero. Mm -hmm. And as much as, uh, well, yes, Uncle Aaron is kind, was a father figure of sorts to mm -hmm. Miles. Yes even though Jeff, his brother was actually his father and was doing his best, but you know, he looked up to Aaron also. Mm -hmm. uh, none of the other people who lost somebody, that other person was a villain for a time. That is true. Spider Gwen's was because Spider Gwen's was the Peter Parker from her universe. That's right. He was the lizard was ended up being the lizard. Yeah. She knows she's the only one of the six that makes probably sense, would know that that knows what it's like not only to lose somebody, mm -hmm. not to think, not just to think mm -hmm. it's your fault that mm -hmm. the, that person is dead, but to actually be the one who probably had to put them down or was involved with it, yeah. had to fight them, yeah, to a point and then see them die in front of them after you know a big fight went because she had to take down the lizard, which was Peter Parker, yeah, and they even kind of hinted that. Because that's the other thing is anytime they're showing their backstories, yeah, and those you know scenes, they are as truthful as you can probably get with that. I agree, including you actually can see on her fight with the lizard because you never they see you see her fighting the lizard and she says, "I lost my best friend." Yeah, you can you can see him turn back into Peter Parker, and yeah. he even in his as he's dying, you can see the little scales still on mm -hmm. his arm and such. Yeah. Which I was like, oh wow, you really did pay attention mm -hmm. to like all of this stuff. Granted, they don't get a chance to go into that as much with Penny or uh Porker or Spider-Man Noir. Right. But which is why I wanted Spider-Ham more. Of course, <laughs> then you have the fact that of all the spider people, Spider-Ham was technically a actual spider before he became spider-man that's right because he was because he, he was a he was a spider who was bitten by a radioactive pig <laughs> and that is how it was explained in the comic oh my gosh <laughs> but 
the attention to detail, even the stuff that doesn't matter, like the fact that when uh, they first turn the uh, uh, collider. the collider on and they show all the little where they're getting all the signals from. Oh yeah, and all the numbers they use are the actual universe numbers for all the spider people who are in this movie. Really? Yes. Huh. Except because uh, Miles is, is the one that's they Marcus Mark is the center, which was the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty six, I think. Uh, don't quote me on don't that. Don't quote. No, I don't know what it is. But all the other ones, the only two they don't show are, of course, twenty ninety nine mm-hmm. and sixty six. Yeah. But that attention to detail, even when on things that really don't matter, that you yeah. show on screen for a little bit, it's like, man, that is. That, I just love that they that much thought was put into every single one of these scenes and yeah that attention to detail is definitely my first like okay what's your second my second like uh you mentioned the character in your in your first like and i'm going to use his sound or more case that you know he's coming are you also, talking about the prowler? I'm talking about dog? the prowler. The <laughs> prowler sound. The prowler sound. It's uh oh, I looked up what that was, and I can't remember now what it is. But it, oh, the the siren. They call yeah. it the prowler siren. Yeah, it's a prior siren. And it's just like it's so mm-hmm. it's like how be like how they set it up. It's just like the the be like most of them be like a character comes in and they have some kind of they're being they're being announced by a sound or whatever. The prowler's sound or his or his uh his horn or whatever yeah. it is is it just sounds like a foghorn. It sounds like but a foghorn up, but pitched up, and it's just got this just just like that 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 very that very um it, it's it it's it grabs your attention really fast, right. and it has that that ins that uh that instinct of uh dread or terror that something's coming that is going to hurt you in some capacity or not. Right, and then that the best one of those after they've trained you to listen for this yeah. is when you're in the proud in uncle aaron's apartment uh uh-huh. and he takes the mask off and you see uncle aaron yeah. and then they play the siren you're going Ding! and I, mean, uh, I knew aaron davis was the prowler yeah but <laughs> was not expecting it. y'all played this off perfectly because i temporarily forgot <laughs> oh yeah and the uh the the one that was really good because they're like you said it be like they train you to figure out when the prowler is coming. Mm-hmm. So the the one that got or as these, I, I or if I started thinking of him, Batman Deadpool, Batman Deadpool, he's got Deadpool like mask. True, and he stands around like Batman. That is true, especially <laughs> that one shot when Miles is first getting away and he's standing on top of that building looking at him. Oh yeah, just like the ending of the Batman animated series uh-huh. theme song. Oh yeah, just as you hear the, it's like good night. You might as well have lightning going <laughs> off behind them. <laughs> that would have been good, but like, like you, like, like Drew said, like the fact that they, like, the, like we've been trained to figure out where he's coming from. So when we get to the big battle at May's house, be like, and then it's, it's, um, it's Miles who picks it up and yeah. he hears it coming. It's like. Oh crap! Here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just—it's so well done. Be like his, his, um, his. What did you call it? Hmm. It's be like his, uh, his, uh, his call or whatever. I'm sorry. Oh, the siren. Yeah, his siren. Be like you hear that. It's just like that is. It's such 
genius like how do you sound throughout this entire movie to uh just like every fashion but the prowler's siren call is so iconic it's so iconic and so mm-hmm. well done and it just makes I me mean, like he makes him a missing character before you see him yes and it put me like i remember watching in the theaters it's like oh my gosh be like i'd be like be like my be like my spider senses tingling you're just like oh crap here he comes and it's so well done so well executed so yeah the prior 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 prowler prowlers siren is my number two what's your number also two? interesting that the place where uncle aaron takes miles to do his graffiti oh yeah he says it's a place he worked on an engineering job yeah and it's like what right the other side of that fence is where the collider collider is yeah and that's where the spider got peter yeah or got to miles i mean Mm -hmm. just little interesting tidbits that they didn't point out they didn't shove in your face and go look how clever we're being they just they just they were just clever yeah and we got to enjoy it yeah that's all i want people yeah be clever don't point it out Mm -hmm. exactly speaking of subtlety and cleverness okay my second like the reveal of dr olivia octavius oh that was good that was oh i remember when i was first watching this on december 14th night uh, 2018 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they you could you first see her on that present on that uh, movie thing that they're watching in class yeah and what's interesting is if you're paying attention miles does a good job of blocking her name when the lower thirds pops up it does so that so we don't actually get spoiled on who it is which is clever very very (laughs) clever and then they says oh uh, uh, they're going over the plan peter and miles are says oh i know who uh who's got all that information that would be the lady from the with the bike in that movie we watched says oh great i'll follow her and she's like she's thinking okay this is interesting where you're going with this Mm -hmm. and like i did not notice the fact that all the light fixtures in her office had eight but i like that (laughs) but that whole scene there where she's talking to peter b and she finally says Oh, it's going to be very painful all the way to the end. And I'm so going to enjoy mm. watching you die. Oh, my gosh. And you're going, yes. and what I remember the... watching it going, what? <laughs> and she says, he says, and who? What did you, and Peter asks her, would you say your name was again? Dr. Olivia Octavius. Yes. And she takes her jacket off and her, I don't know what that material is that makes up her, her uh, octopus arms. Yeah. Rubber. Uh, the the air, it looked like airfield rubber arms. Yeah, they it's did. a different way of doing it. But it's like it looks cool, and <laughs> she it pushes her up so that you know she's now towering above Spider Man, mm-hmm. like all the good, good, uh, good Doc Ox do at some point. Yes, <laughs> and and he says, "Don't tell me your friends call you Doc, Doc Ock. Ock." She says, "No, <laughs> my friends actually call me Liv. Liz. My enemies call, call me, me Doc, Doc Ock." Ock. Which is very interesting when you get to the fight at Aunt May's house. <laughs> yes. And Dr. Octavia shows up. And what does May Parker say? Oh, great. Oh, great. It's Liz. Liz. <laughs> it's like, y'all were friends <laughs> at some point. It's like, how does this? Of course, technically, I mean, Doc Ock did ask Aunt May out in the comic books a number of times after Ben died. That is, I remember that. Yes. So not going there. No. 
not going there at all. But it's still, it's all that's very interesting, and it's never shoved in your face until the moment it makes sense when it's reveal time. Right. And it's like, Dr. Olivia Octavius, and you they, they don't have to finish. We know who she is. <laughs> she's Doc Ock. She's Doc Ock. The best villain Spider-Man's ever fought, in my humble opinion, because Doc Ock's my favorite Spider-Man villain. True. Okay. And honestly, Catherine Hahn and uh, Alfred Molina, in my opinion, are the only people who've played her good, played the character good. <laughs> Just putting that out there. I got you. What's your third like? My third like would be Miles' story. Mm-hmm. Miles' story. It's 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 reminiscent of you know our comic world Spider-Man. It's like obviously he's he's African American Latino, and they mix it up a little bit, which is cool. Be right. like, and that's one of the things I love about this film is that they don't start trying to shove everything in your face. It's just more like he's a regular kid. He's trying to get along with everybody. Like he's a bit he's a bit nerdy. Be like he mm-hmm. likes art, which I like art. Be like maybe not his art, but I like art. Um, but it's more his story of how he becomes the man he becomes. Right. And it's more be like he is shoved into this responsibility he's bit by the radioactive spider Mm -hmm. that gives him all these incredible powers and he's like peter when he first got spiders be like i don't want this this is not my responsibility and uh and then like he's introduced to his world's peter who is supplementally killed and he has to take on the mantle of spider-man yes because with great ability comes great accountability (laughs) jeff jeff (laughs) wrong jeff i know i know i just point out that but it's i I love his progression from a very hesitant young man who is overwhelmed by everything because we're we're all overwhelmed by be like be like if if you're thrusting into something you don't know and you know fear sex in because we all be like there again we're very uh, we are all prone to fear and prone to wonder, as the uh, the yes. old hymn used to say. Indeed. Uh, and like, it's the idea of be like, I just want to run. I just want to run. Be like, I don't understand this. I want to learn. I want to try to figure out mm-hmm. because I want to try to be responsible, but I'm scared. And so it's it's Miles and his father that relationship with him, and like the the bombardment, all these other Spider Men who have Spider Man and Spider Woman have kind of our spider women sorry have come in and are trying to teach him but he's being overwhelmed by it yeah and so and then it just simply takes the death of his uncle who was the prowler Mm -hmm. a man he looked up as a father and then his his own biological father telling him is like as be like just be yourself Yeah. yeah just be yourself be like and i'm gonna support you for who you are well, and it helps that he, when he's tied to the chair, he gets actually time to think. Yeah. He, because up to that point, it's been nonstop. Mm-hmm. It actually slows down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, from the time he, he runs into from to Peter B. Parker until Peter B. Parker ties him to the chair, yeah. it's been nonstop for him and the gang. Yeah, exactly. In reality. Yeah. And it's so, just, like, like, like you said, it's, it's that time to kind of reflect and be like, there again, he just lost his uncle. Mm-hmm. He just lost his uncle. He's gone through a lot at this point. And he has to listen to his father 
and he can't run away. It's he has to listen to his father what he's trying to say because he's be like he's a young man who is just trying to be something, and he's just, he's got to listen to wise wisdom from yeah. his father, and that was sparks his inspiration to become Spider-Man. Yeah. And once once he finds that inspiration, be like he becomes the hero he is destined to be, as in Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I really, his transformation into Spider-Man, or at least his world version of Spider-Man, is like it's a, it's the nor, it's the typical journey of a character just done differently. It'd be like it's a man who has to forge his own path without be like, yeah, it's it's a young man who has to forge his own path um, while others are trying to encourage him to do so. And it just it takes that little spark from someone he cares about, someone he loves, and the death of someone he loves in mm-hmm. order to launch him into becoming the man he the man he is destined to be. And I right. really, really enjoy that as Miles Morales Spider-Man as a character. Mm-hmm. So that's my number three. What's yours? Ironically, our villain's backstory, the Kingpin. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, the Kingpin has always been a very hot-headed character. A little bit. Cool on the outside, but a raging bull on the inside. Yeah. And, of course, I love that they made him comically huge oh, of course. in this version. Cause he's supposed to be a big guy, but he's not uh-huh. supposed to be, you know, an actual mountain, except in uh-huh. this version he is, which makes those couple of family photos that we do get to see with him and his wife and son odd looking, but you know, fair. Okay. It, it's like, yeah, I could see this. Yeah. But the way they show the entire thing, they don't tell you that they're dead. Yeah. At first. All you see is the family photos while he's clicking his pen. Yeah. It's amazing how the clicking of that pen just tells you how mad and angry he is. Yeah. Trying not to explode. But as they show that over and over again, and then you get to actually where we get to see his act, the act, what actually happened. Yeah. Where they walked in on him taking out a guy. I don't, yeah. Oh, it's taking out. He's about to beat up Spider-Man. He's about to beat up Spider-Man. That's what it was. Yeah. And they walk in on, it, and of course he's like, he's panics. He's like, no, no, it's okay. It's it's all, uh, he, he's trying to uh, to say. He, he, I, I don't know what he's trying to say, but he's trying not to you know, for them not to get scared and run yeah. off. Of course they do, and then they're in a car, and then as they're escaping, they get hit by an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, and that's why he's trying to bring them back. Yeah, with the collider. Of course, doesn't occur to him that. The, even if he's successful and they are much more stable than the spider people are, mm-hmm. they're not his wife and son. Yeah, exactly. They're another kingpin's wife and son. Mm-hmm. They don't know this kingpin. Yeah. So it it also kind of reminds me of uh, it. That part Dr. never occurs to him, but I think this. I'll let you say your thing in a minute. But the part that gets me is when you during the big fight on mm-hmm. the train yeah. in, the, in the collider. That shot when he's reaching, when he sees them again trying to form, mm-hmm. and he's start, he reaches out to them, mm-hmm. and in the scene shifts to him reaching out the back of the train as it's trundling off mm-hmm. into the darkness. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, that is so so such a powerful shot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
anyway sorry yeah so this this whole scene reminds me of another marvel film mm -hmm. as in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness yes with wanda and her journey in order to find her her lost boys yes to go throughout the multiverse in order to find them and so what she finds like she goes through all she does all these horrendous and terrible things in order to achieve her goal mm -hmm. of finding her boys and she finally finds them and they're scared to death of her yeah because she's not their mother no they're not they know her mother they looks yeah. a lot like her yeah just not but, her but it's not her yeah because it's it's that and she realizes it at that point it's like i i can't get replacements no can't not this side of mephistopheles anyway but it's just this this like yeah just when when you start talking about that it's like yeah that instantly reminded me of uh the most recent doctor yeah. strange film and it's so well done of how fisk is so he is doggedly determined no matter mm -hmm. what happens i'm gonna have my family back and he doesn't think about the ramifications of that. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't care about anything else. So he's so he's so he's so goal oriented that it's ends justify the means. Yeah, exactly. The if, problem if, is the ends not what he wants. It's exactly. not his the ends he's trying to get. Exactly. They're. It's he's going to be if even if it had all worked. And there had been no other ramifications. Mm -hmm. It still wouldn't have been his wife and son. No. And it's just it's sad because because mm -hmm. we we have this idea in our in our own in our own worlds in our own minds in our own hearts that we want something that maybe from our past we lost, but ultimately it's not about be like if if we strive towards something from our past and be like we're like it's only like it's it's futile in a way yeah because that was the past to be like that that is already that is already come and gone and this idea that we we need to move forward move forward with our lives and not be overwhelmed and being consumed by mm -hmm. something we lost because there have been plenty of people who have lost their way in life because they uh, a loved one passed away or they lost their love of their life and so they never move forward. And that's what Fisk was doing. That's what Wanda's doing. Yeah. And it drives them to do despicable things in order to achieve something that they'll never gain back. Yes. Instead of be like just moving forward in life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good morality tell yeah. that you need to move forward because like Miles ends up doing yeah exactly he moves forward in his because mm -hmm. be like if miles be like if miles had not gone through that journey of the development into becoming spider-man and the death of his uncle it literally would have just stopped there and he would have just dwelled on the death of his uncle yeah for the rest of his life meanwhile Probably. peter b parker would be stuck in that universe until he died a horrible painful death exactly so it's hit like if the, not more of the spider people doing that exactly it's I'd be like it's there again. It's that contrast where Miles moves forward with his life and becomes the man he's supposed to be. Where Fisk is trying to go backwards, mm -hmm. and he's trying to do everything he can to go back, and he can't. Right, and he's stuck. And so that's what ultimately led down to his his downfall because he could not move forward. Agreed. I just made that up on the fly. We got dislikes to get into. We do. 
Uh, what's your first one? My first dislike. Okay, so when Aunt May lets them the first time into the uh the spider den, I guess you would yes. call it the spider cave. The spider cave. It's Miles is looking up at Peter Parker's old suit. Yes, and there again, Miles is a young teenager, and I'm thinking like. Cause I'm like, and so he goes back and he's able to modify Peter's old suit. I'm like, unless you've grown like several inches, you're not getting in that suit. So one thing is that miles and, and they, and they de-emphasize this throughout yeah. most of the film till that right. point is that when miles got bit by the spider, mm-hmm. he grew two inches. Well, that makes sense, but he said still- that may not be enough two inches, no. but yeah. At the same time, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that was not just like a spare regular Spider-Man suit that was hanging around, maybe from when Peter was smaller. It could be. It'd because be the like, Peter in this is what, 25, 26? Yeah, yeah he's in like, that he's, universe. Yeah. And you know, Miles is 15, 16, something like that. I mean, conceivably, I mean it's probably a little bunched up. He probably had to do some modifications to make it. Yeah. Fit. I can see that. And I can possibly see, you know, the spider, the spider cave with all its cool gadgets, maybe having a way to auto size it. Plus all the spider suits for some reason can make their eyes move, which makes no sense, but it looks cool and I don't care. So right. I can also claim, Oh yeah, it's got an auto fit feature. <laughs> okay. Fair. But, but- Fair. Yeah. I'm I'm just rationalizing. Yes. I I completely understand your rationalization of it. It's just like from a outward perspective, it's like, it's like, it's like a certain uh, CW show. I watched the first episode. It took me three days to watch it. I didn't like the episode whatsoever. I disagree with everything he was saying, but it was more, you had to modify a suit that a, a man who is very large, and somehow you make it fit in this itty bitty little person's body. Doesn't really work. But anyway, anyways, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not gonna a, go into that tangent again. Four years ago, you went off on that tangent, and I didn't cut you off fast enough on that one. So <laughs> that is true. But it just kind of reminded you repeated me of yourself three kinda, times. Yes, uh, I'm not gonna repeat myself <laughs> again. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, like my my first is like maybe more of a like dis not disgruntled, but more they uh nitpick 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 be like how does little young uh miles morales fit into 25 year old six foot something peter parker's old suit i like your rationalization but it's just like okay my question is since he spray painted that suit oh my gosh a that's gonna smell like heck yeah, especially if you sweat it in it after a while. Yeah, they ain't gonna breathe. No, it's not. <laughs> B. Once that paint is cured, <laughs> you're kind of stuck. No, you're not necessarily stuck, but you're gonna develop cracks all over that that are not very web-like. <laughs> well, they're kind of web-like, but they're not gonna look right. No, they're not. But beside the point, my first dislike are the fact that Green Goblin, Tombstone. And the Scorpion are glorified minions in this movie. They are. They it are. really does feel like, because you know, they have been trying for years to try to get a Sinister Six movie. They have. No Way Home was technically that movie. If you really think about it. Agreed. 
but they tried it here and they just like the spider people they only focused on three villains yeah. kingpin uh prowler mm. and uh, doc ock yeah green goblin bless his heart even though he's actually the first villain we see in this yeah agreed not counting uncle aaron even though we didn't know it was uncle aaron right but yeah doc ock you know green goblin scorpion and uh tombstone i mean mm. tombstone's not that big a villain but he kind of is he's an enforcer oh no i mean popularity wise yeah. he's not as well known a that villain is true as gobby or scorpion yes scorpion's not so much but i remember scorpion a lot from the original tv series yeah tombstone is that is that villain who every time i see him show up in something i go who are you again mm. I, I know I've seen you and I don't, I never know what your power actually is mm -hmm. other than you're as hard as a rock. That's all I know about. I you. gotcha. So, but the fact that they're just glorified minions at this point, like they ought to be going around like uh, talking in gibberish, looking for bananas. I'm waiting for you to catch what I'm referencing. <laughs> okay. The minions. Oh gosh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> from Touche. Uh, Touche. From Despicable Me. Banana. Banana. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the fact that they are just glorified thugs. I really agree. I say minions, but they're thugs. They they're no better than like the lead gang member in their own gangs in this film underneath Kingpin. And that's just kind of disappointing especially since goblin in this one is a hulk monster well he's more based on the the uh the ultimate universe right because i mean miles morales originally was ultimate was the second ultimate yeah. spider-man yeah so i get that but i still look at it and go you know you are not willem defoe no you're not <laughs> but anyway willem defoe is my favorite gobby anyway your second dislike my second dislike is there again it's a nitpick but like you have so much focus on uh obviously miles peter b parker spider gwen and then you get like the rest of the cast who are be like obviously peter parker is amazing he's just funny and everything he does but then you have poor penny who is just be like penny actually has a very sad story she does when I you agree. look at it it's like she was the one who had the most lost the most in this adventure yeah she not only lost her father's mech that the spider runs around and originally the spider was gonna die too really yes really they decided that was too dark i, it's I like yeah that. you think bad enough you killed the, the, the mech and she's gonna have to build a new one yeah <laughs> sorry no, you're good. It's just like there again, be like you're you're running with you have a, a runtime, you have a tight script, right? And you can't go into like all the big depth you want to. It's not it's not like a comic or a, a cartoon series mm -hmm. where you can stretch things out. Where be like you have you know Spider Noir and Penny Parker, and am I forgetting somebody? Peter Porker. Yeah, Peter Parker. Look, those are those are those three. That is true because there again, Peter Parker just Peter Parker just shines in every scene he is. But yeah. I think uh, Penny just kind of gets the the she gets the shaft. She gets the shaft in this movie because you know nothing about her. She gets one cool scene where she's reprogramming the the goober. Yeah, the jump drive, but yeah. they call it the goober, goober throughout the whole thing. Yeah, which I like. 
uh, it's like, okay, that's cool and all. It's a jump drive. Yeah. You didn't need to go at it like with uh, soldering irons. You just need to load it into a USB port and move the files over. That is true. Well, I, I did. Well, they did have to actually pro uh, program a a worm to get into the system. I'll I give you that. Much. I got you. But at the same time, it's like you don't actually have to do to solder onto the jump drive to pull that off. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, because I I read I read somewhere that. The, originally, they were going to use Silk, which is another Spider-Woman character. Right. But they wanted to use Penny because her, her power sets are different. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like, it's cool, but there again, her character is under, underutilized throughout this entire film. And she's which only is, she's only in the film for, like, less than 20 minutes. Maybe? All three of them, of, of those, all, uh, of the, the secondary Spider yeah. group, they're only... Well, literally, as Peter Porker says at the end of Caught in a Ham, I, I'm going to show up in the last 60, at minute 65 in the film. And the film's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're barely in the film, but you still, actually, it's about an, two hours long. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, it's not long. It's not, it's, long it's, like, it's not It's long. after we've got a ton of people and she only gets like one scene mm -hmm. really to herself. Every yeah. other scene she's saying her parts of it but mm -hmm. it's because everyone else is saying basically the same thing agreed like she lost her father while everyone else lost either uncle ben or peter mm -hmm. and uncle frankfurter <laughs> <laughs> my gosh but yeah that was just like is she that really she, puts the fact that he was eating those hot dogs Oh and a whole other at one point that's just like weird because that's cannibalism technically oh my gosh you're right oh my but now that it's his uncle frankfurter oh my gosh anyway yeah now now it's just more like oh you stupid spider pig <laughs> spider pig spider pig does whatever spider, spider pig does can he swing from, from a web pig. no we can't he's a pig <laughs> Like, we will never review the, uh, the Simpsons movie on this show because <laughs> neither one of us care that much. But that's the main thing I remember from that. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's Penny Porker's uh, lack of be like she's developed in the movie, but it's not enough. Not enough. It's just yeah. like, eh. Because noir be like he's a cool, mysterious character. You know exactly who he is it's, when you see him. Yeah, and then you get Spider Spider Ham. He just eats up air with all the lines, and then right. poor and Penny, then Penny gets is like wraps. She gets a couple of things, but she doesn't even get to walk around in the Spider-Man suit like everybody else does during the uh, infiltration scene. She has to be in her mech in underneath the uh, the bread cart. Yeah, it's like huh, okay, yeah, you gotta use, you gotta use, you gotta use her for something. But yeah, hopefully she'll get some more room in the sequel to do something. Or they'll it, just use Scarlet Spider. Just please use his character. <laughs> no, here's what I'm thinking, because I think it's a Guardians of the Galaxy problem. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy has five core characters. Yeah. Star-Lord, Gamora, mm -hmm. uh, Drax, Groot, and Rocket. Mm -hmm. Six characters. Sorry. Yeah, six characters, yeah. Same number of spider people here. Yes. And yet, if you think about it, Rocket gets almost no story in that first movie. I agree. He doesn't. Groot gets almost no story in that first movie. Yeah. 
we get little things here and there about like we get with Peter Porker and mm -hmm. Penny and uh, Spider-Man Noir here. But honestly, in that runtime, you don't have a lot of time to show on it. So they focus solely on uh, Quill, uh, Star-Lord, Gamora, mm -hmm. and um, Drax. Drax. Because they're the ones who all had something outside of Star-Lord, because Star-Lord is the, the actual protagonist of yeah. those things. They're the ones who actually had to deal with... Uh, thanos mm -hmm. which is where they introduce thanos properly is mm -hmm. in that movie yes so um i suspect that yeah we focused on miles as the main character plus peter b and spider gwen because they were you know the easiest to focus on focus mm -hmm. on because they were closest to miles in terms of character yes agreed maybe in the next one we'll get maybe a few more scenes with because i think our our core six spider-man noir peter porker and penny have to be like our core six in the in the movies going forward in these awesome. and then we get more spider-man in there here's hoping that we get uh supido man from the uh henshin hero spider-man show ah with his giant robot <laughs> Leo Padon, <laughs> you know the emissary from hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that is my second dislike. Yes, my second dislike is Spider Ham caught in a ham is a separate short from the film. Yeah, yeah. it's a separate thing, and it's like no, you should have played this. At the beginning, like a Looney Tune short back in the day, it uh -huh. would have been accepted. This if Coco can start with a half hour short with Olaf from Frozen, <laughs> you can do five minutes with Spider Ham. Yeah. And people will disconnect that quickly enough. It's like, okay, that's just the funny short before the real film. They'll disconnect it until you get all the way to, you know, when he shows back up and you go, you're back. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, agreed. That short should have been in theaters, uh, which agreed. is why every single time I go back to watch this film on Blu-ray, I start with Spider-Ham. There you go. <laughs> and then I watch the movie. Awesome. Because that is the optimal viewing method. Anyway, what is your third dislike? I really don't have a third dislike. I, I have really... one. Okay, go for it. That weird focus effect that this film uses throughout it where anything that's not in focus looks like it's got color separation. Yeah. I know it's trying to... Uh, mimic maybe out of registration errors yeah. in like a printed page yeah but every time i watch it those first couple minutes before my brain resets mm -hmm. and is paying full attention to you know what's actually going on and not being distracted by that i'm thinking am i watching a 3d movie without the glasses on makes sense it looks what it looks like yeah it looks like you're watching a 3d film without what the glasses and the color and it's not separated enough for it to actually look, you know, like garbage. It's just close enough. It's like, eh, something's not right here, but I don't know what it is. Right. And I wish they didn't do that because it throws me every time for like five minutes. Granted, by the time you get out of that initial 
let uh spider who am i spider-man montage mm-hmm. i'm fine yeah but that first bit where you're trying to where you're getting used to the whole shebang it's like because it looks so different from anything else that's ever been done that, yeah one of the things i like about this movie that i didn't mention is that it looks different from anything else that's ever oh, been yeah. done for this sort of thing but that first couple minutes when i'm trying to get back into get get into it it's like Something didn't look right. Something looks weird. It's not Uncanny Valley. What is it? Oh, yeah, it's that weird focus effect this movie has. Mm-hmm. I will get used to it, and then it won't matter. But right now, I'm going to have to put up with it. Mm-hmm. And it messes with me every time. I wish they would have, much like the actual comic book effects, Yeah, I wish they would have started off as normal, mm-hmm. like normal 3D. Still have you know, the actual look for it. Don't get me wrong. But start off like very normal and then have it, have that focus come in with everything else so that it's uh communicative and not distracting fair that's just my opinion but yeah that's uh, my last dislike jacob you as i said earlier your score previously on this movie was a nine what is your score now has it changed or not it has it's a 9.5 Oh, like it's gone I, up. It's gone up. Be like, I really enjoy this film for what it is. Uh, it has such like depth to how they're doing the storytelling. Like Drew said, be like, there's so much like things to like watch for and how they. Um, what's a good word for that? They um, be like all the subtle details of what they try mm-hmm. to put into it without being like having to. Uh, like audibly say something right be like just the a lot of show don't tell yeah a lot of show don't tell and it's so well done so well executed as a film the animation itself just blows my mind and the character development uh the prowler siren siren is just so well done it's just amazing and uh yeah it's it's definitely changed my mind it's uh as definitely as as a uh as a now quasi veteran reviewer <laughs> let's air quote this reviewer um you're just saying that because you've seen a movie we no longer talk about oh and i don't mean titanic the legend goes on oh yeah that's true <laughs> That is so true. You know, we bad don't... movie month really puts a lot of things yes, in perspective. Does. Oh my gosh, we don't talk about Leo. <laughs> no, we do not. Oh my gosh. But yes, uh, this is a fantastic movie. It needs to be uh, a movie that you need to watch if you're. I'd be like, I don't care if you're not a uh, a, a comic book fan. Yeah, this or is a, a nerdy nerd kind yeah. of person. This kind of movie, like just cinema wise, storytelling, animation wise, it is golden mm-hmm. go watch it go rent it go buy it go watch it and then get ready for the next one to come out yes and hopefully it will be just as good exactly because that's actually my biggest worry is we're going to exactly. get the second one and it's like yeah it's gonna be, it's gonna be like the lego move the the the, the after lego movies the mm-hmm. lego batman movie and the lego ninjago movie and if even though we hadn't reviewed it yet mm-hmm. the lego movie too where the first movie is great it's amazing how much work they put into this mm-hmm. the second movie uh yeah it's an also ran mm-hmm. uh, i'm really worried that's what it's gonna be yeah but we'll see we will that see is, that is so true because they're like like for myself be like i have, I have little hesitation towards this 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 new one because there again we are in a new 
we're in a new you know this came out in 2018 again 2018 pre-pandemic pre-pandemic and how the world is now be like i'm scared they're gonna you know kind of you know mess with it and we'll see make it you know what it is but uh if, if you're worried that there's going to be a spider-man walking around with a surgical mask on i can almost guarantee it <laughs> probably but anyway anyways but i don't, I don't want to get into he'll it. actually be uh a surgeon uh though well i, I was referring to more like you know more spider-man political sorcerer political. supreme that would be hilarious i'm fairly certain that exists oh yeah it does <laughs> it was in what if <laughs> and i'm fine with this yes but yeah What's your what was your original score? I originally gave this a 9.5, and you want to know what? It did not change. <laughs> Granted, I I am at a point now, I think, where I've watched this where I might be running out of little, cool little details to spot yeah. in the background. Yeah. Because no movie is perfect. And I've no, watched it's not. And you know, it's been only been five years and I've watched it five times. It's it's gonna start running dry at some point. Yeah. But uh this is still like a little great movie. I still saw little things here and there. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. How much attention they put into this. Like I said, mm. attention to details. One yes. of my favorite things about this movie. It didn't change. Cause it's a fun film. Like you say, it's an, if you have any interest in animation, you need to watch this film just to see uh, all agreed. the little things they did. I agree. This is the first of what I call the 2.5 D films. Cause we later on would see similar stuff with Klaus uh-huh. and, um, Oh, something else that came out rather recently that did this. I can't think of what it is right now. Either. But anyway, uh, this was the first of those 2.5D. And it and all that I mean by that is it's three, it's obviously 3D models, but there's just enough of that 2D touch, mm-hmm. that hand-drawn aesthetic. Yeah. That honestly we have missed since the last 2D films really got done. Agreed. I say that like they're all dead, yeah. knowing perfectly well that there was a My Little Pony movie in 2017 or 2018, whatever year that was. That was all 2D. Yeah. CG 2D, but 2D. Right. But uh, And of course, there's anime that yep. does 2D all the stinking time. Agreed. But this is just a perfect... Uh, it's not a perfect movie. Like I said, there's still flaws. Yeah. But the fact that they can do all this and at no point are you saying that doesn't work? Yeah. The fact that I, we didn't mention this during the escape from Alchemax mm-hmm. and M- while M- Miles is learning how to uh, swing, swing, he's being edit animated on twos while Peter B. Parker is being animated on ones in the same scene. That's right. And for are. those of you who have no idea what I just said, <laughs> if you are animating on ones, every single frame of animation mm. is animated whereas uh, uh, animated on twos it's every other they literally every every two frames is the same so two frames it'll change for the next two frames they did that to make it to point out subtly because mm-hmm. you can't uh, if you don't know to look for it you really can't spot it yeah but subtly you recognize that miles is a little clunkier yeah with his web swinging than Peter B is. And they go to that much trouble and they didn't have to. Yeah. Just for that alone, it's worth worth seeing this to see how. Gotcha. And the fact that it looks good. 
it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. It really shouldn't look as good as it does. Yeah. Everything they did in this, because it breaks like so many of what I think of as rules. Mm -hmm. And yet it works perfectly. I agree. So, yeah. It's a 9.5. And the old, and really, when you get right down to it, what's holding me back is that initial focus effect. Because let's face it, I can watch Spider-Ham as soon as I turn it on every time. So, yeah, we need to move on to our next segment. Yeah. Let's get uh, let's go, go ahead and go into intermission right now. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest the Retro Rewind podcast. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind pod as they travel back 15 years or more along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today and what isn't. Expect fun banter and travel insights from Francisco, Paul, the master interrupter powers, and a rotating cast of guest hosts, all of which are out of time. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming, and PaulJPowers.com. To get your name on the show, plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast, plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. Where do I find that funny that I have a pause Paul to put Paul's name in there? It's so, so that he interrupts the recording. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We have at least some yes, conversation going on in our thing before we get back to the show. Uh, artsy stuff is hanging out in here. Thank you, Artsy. We appreciate you showing up here. She says, uh, let me back up here. Yes, she says more spider mechs. <laughs> yes, I agree. We need mm. more spider mechs. Agreed. I uh, got to say spider ham is uh, pretty great, especially with John Mulaney. Mm -hmm. Uh that awkward silence. Apparently, you is that was when uh, I mentioned that movie we don't talk about anymore. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, Klaus's animation is glorious. Uh huh. Uh, Lolo for your soul. I don't get that. Sorry. Okay. Uh, apparently, she thinks Deedla is British Siri. <laughs> uh, she says it's science. And Eeyore. Oh, Ao. That's Ao, not Eeyore. <laughs> I was confused. I thought I was the one with the reading disorder. No, sometimes. Okay. In my defense, from my angle, the camera is in the way of the chat window. Okay. Fair enough. So I'm kind of having enough. to do this number and still talk into the microphone. True. And so, yeah, when I first looked at that, Io makes sense. Io there. I can see Io there, but over here, because of the cord hanging down, I converted one of those O's into an R. Oh, bother. <laughs> she says, I was going to say you're reading far. Yes, I am, because that TV is way over there. <laughs> it's on the other side of the room. Anyway. And this isn't a big apartment either. No, but still. We need to jump into our yes. full, uh, in, in, into the... What we've been watching, that's the next thing. Yes. So, Jacob, I have a question for you, my friend. 
What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Not a whole lot, really. Really? As far as I remember, it's been a long week. It has I, been a long week. I, I've literally gotten home after like almost six o'clock every night. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I'd be like it's not, oh, poor pitiful me. It's just like how the schedule worked out. Yeah. And, um, who you just week. didn't get a chance to watch anything no and... i didn't i don't I don't think i did be like I, I i watched this movie i watched the the uh x-men thing we're going to review for, in a minute for tas and just uh, i watched a lot of like airline disaster reviews ah and that kind of stuff there again i'm a true kind kind of you know nut and i like that kind of stuff but yeah, that's See, if I remember correctly, Airplane Disasters is that movie where they solve airplane crashes by pointing at a whiteboard and saying, the problem's got is somewhere here. <laughs> Not quite. Not it's, a, quite. it's a joke. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can solve this in five minutes. I'm, it just, takes I'm, months just, I'm just saying, the filming technique they use for the obviously fictional recreations mm -hmm. of the investigation oh, yeah. sometimes repeats itself, despite the fact it probably didn't go that way in real life. That is true. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, so, yeah, that is all I've been watching. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> what did you oh yeah i've you been do. watching more Tur power rangers turbo oh yeah that's right didn't you watch like a movie like uh, hold on didn't the movie come, that came out like movie nah, 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 nah. that movie just came out recently you mean that movie no not that movie oh, okay not that movie movie that recently came out in theaters about a certain like little guy here's into a big guy and I'm stuck in a quantum getting to that. Okay. Jumping a heading person. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about Power Rangers Turbo. We don't talk about Turbo. Except Ro I will Ro talk about Turbo. Okay. Because I actually, I'll put it this way. It is the worst of the Zordon era. Okay. It is not the worst Power Rangers season. Okay. <laughs> not by a long shot. But, uh... I did see what has got to be the goofiest episode of Power Rangers I've ever watched. Okay. So, you know, the main villain of Turbo is Divatox. Yes. There's an episode where she gets amnesia okay. and works at a pizza restaurant in costume. And she's got gets that little that southern diner waitress voice kind of thing going on at some one point. Yeah. Bulk and Skull are delivering pizzas for this restaurant, by the way, so that's funny. And of course, the monster of the week is comes from the logo of this pizza restaurant. Of course. And there is a line in this that is so absolutely ridiculous, it bears repeating. Oh. The evil pizzas were no match for a stoplight. Because at one point, at one point, the, uh, you know, by this point, they have the little sidecar thing. Yeah. Not sidecars. Not, it's not, I'm not talking about the go-karts. Yeah. I'm talking like the red wind chaser thing, not the Zords, but the yeah. two other cards that for some reason, that the Red Ranger gets, makes sense. And Justin gets, you know, the child yeah. who shouldn't, yes, I know, I know. You don't have to have a driver's license to drive a Zord. Oh my gosh, that line. But guess what? That's not a Zord. 
It's just a it's just a Jeep. <laughs> and yet he gets it. He the, at least the red one flies. The blue one is an on-the-ground car. Because <laughs> it's a Jeep. <laughs> but it can the, Jeep, climb the Jeep gets taken control of by the pizza monster by evil pizzas attaching itself to the wheels and the steering wheel. And uh the blue centurion, okay, is able to stop it by uh, throwing up a stop light, a, a traffic signal with a red light, and the car came to a stop, and the pizzas flew off of it, and it was back in the ranger's control. What? I <laughs> watched this and went, huh? <laughs> It bears watching just for the stupidity of it. Okay. And if we had time when we got done with this tonight, I'd throw that episode in in a heartbeat <laughs> just to see your face. But we don't have that kind of time tonight. I can go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yes, you can. That name of that episode is, as I'll recognize it when I see it. Uh, Trouble by the Slice. Oh my gosh. They were it just is so stupid. <laughs> it, that whole episode would be my I don't remember what Power Ranger the uh the Power Ranger show call uh, Power Trip calls it. But on uh when, when I was on uh Henshin Men it was our it was what the Henshin? Oh, I remember what Power Trip calls it. The I, 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 I can't believe that just happened award. <laughs> this would make it. <laughs> oh, then yeah. it was goofy and it was funny. Okay, totally get it. But speaking of other characters who are mentioned, who are based, whose current design is actually based on a Henshin hero. Okay. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah. Did you know that Ant-Man's uh, suit is based on Ultraman? I didn't know that. But it, you can see it now, can't you? I can. Yeah. That is an interesting movie. It okay. is different from the other two Ant-Man movies. Okay. Probably the ne almost negative, the only negative thing you can really say about it. I say only negative thing. It's the main negative thing most people will say about it. Mm. But... Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything because you really should watch it for yourself. Okay, fair. But there was one character who they should have, I think they should have done something different with. I'll just okay. say that. Okay. But uh, if you are wanting to make sure you're caught up before you watch the film, along with maybe going back and watching um, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, end game you know the that's that's the main mm -hmm. story it's following you may uh, or ant-man's main story you may want to go back and watch loki hmm. that tv show huh i'm not gonna tell you why okay but you should okay it will help you understand a lot more about what's going on than the ant-man films will so uh yeah okay yeah, uh, artsy stuff in our chat knows exactly what the other character I'm thinking of is, and uh, I was not talk talking about the bobblehead, bobbleheaded character there, artsy. I was talking about the uh, blue-headed guy. Hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. 
let's just say uh actually artsy you are right about the character i think they should have done something different with especially when they reveal who that person actually is Hmm. but anyway other than that i've not had a chance to watch anything else to be honest outside of what we needed to be watched for this show so why don't we go ahead and jump into the news Hang on. The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why you think you deal it and for this week's bit of news it's not a whole lot but obviously with the runaway success of Guillermo del Toro's um I want to say Pocahontas but it's not Pocahontas. Pinocchio Pinocchio which movie we have not seen yet but I haven't seen yet I haven't seen it yet either but I think it's on our list it is it is on our list yeah but uh so with that runaway success of that film uh it is already being uh greenlit that they, they're making a sequel no they're not making a sequel they're making a sequel a uh an adaptation of a fantasy novel called the burned giant and it's going to be it's it has been confirmed that the film will be in stop motion like pinocchio oh, okay. and it'll be set on netflix and there is no release date yet but they have confirmed that this film is in production right now so it'll probably be like another year or so before this film's completed. So the bird giant, the bird giant, it's based off the, uh, it's an adaptation. I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize for a cruiser. Uh, Ig- uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Is Higuro's fantasy novel. Hang on. You're better at that than I am. Yeah. Uh, Got to find it down here first. Uh, oh, the buried giant. The buried giant. I thought you were saying the bird giant. Not no. expecting this to be about a giant bird. <laughs> no. That no, makes no, more sense. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. Uh, oh, I, I can't see the name now. Kazuo Ishiguro. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Kazuo. Just say Kazuo. Kazuo. Okay. Or Kaz. Kazuo. Kaz. Okay. Kaz. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Guys, I won't, whatever, whatever. But yeah, apparently this this movie is in development right now, uh, with Gilmore Del Toro as director and uh, what Gilmore Del Toro does best. Yeah, don't Hawaii. feel bad about having a hard time saying Guillermo Del Toro's name, mm-hmm. because remember when they were filming Pan's Labyrinth, the little girl who was the main character of that couldn't say his name either. Really? So he gave her permission to call him Totoro-san. Son, I didn't know that. But my yeah. neighbor Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> whole nother movie, whole another movie. But yes, <laughs> another one of the, uh, like uh, that film should be coming out in a couple of years on Netflix. Actually, Artsy Steph, you're right. I think that was Pacific Rim. Same difference. <laughs> Still funny. Oh my gosh. I just got my 
movies confusing. It what happens. you're saying makes a lot more sense it's a Delta, it's a because uh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, she was French, not Japanese. Yeah, she was French. <laughs> Which I, 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 I've seen Pacific Rim. I haven't seen Pan La- Pan's Labyrinth yet. I'll put it this way. You liked the two good Hellboy movies? Yes. You'll like Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Notice I was very specific on which, oh my, which yeah. one. You more informa- if you want more information on our feelings oh my on gosh. Hellboy, yeah. go listen to our old podcast. Yeah. The Movie of the Week podcast. podcast. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Yeah, go go live, give that a listen. Give that old show a lot, some love. And, oh, my gosh, it's a terrible movie. I liked what they were trying. It's I just agree. It took out the main reason I loved those movies. I like those movies. Which was the actor who played Hellboy, whose name is escaping me at the moment. He's in Nemesis. He is. He's in a lot of things. He was the original uh, Beast on that uh, Beauty and the Beast New York in New York City TV show. That he was. I not think of his name to save my life at the moment. Hmm. For some reason, I want to say Gamera, but that is definitely, definitely not right. Not Gamera. <laughs> yes, he's a he's a. Of, of uh whatever gamer is friend to all children what yeah sure whatever <laughs> you don't what know. i don't know what we're talking about <laughs> you don't know what i mean no i said gamera ron perlman thank, thank you. you thank you thank you, you. Oh you found him no you said he's, he was like gamera or i said gamera and you said yeah he's, he's like gamera he's like whatever that is and it's like i thought i know what you meant to say you meant to bring up the fact that he's a giant turtle but I went. Thank you. I went with his <laughs> official title, friend to all children. Anyways, that is where the Kenny Force comes from. Okay, gotcha. All right, Don't so- forget our last our, one of our guests on our last episode was one of those Gamera kiddies. Jimmy from NASA. Oh, okay. You've not caught up on MIFE. No, I'm not. You need to. Go and everyone else go watch listen to Monster and Film Vault if you like monster movies. So yeah, that's all I have for the news. Well then, on that note. Yes. It's time for a little bit of X-Men. Previously on X-Men. Sulky, over funky, kinda hunky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. And exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Boy, that was that for tonight. Yes. Fight is real crazy. I like the speed song the more I listen to it. Yeah, I agree. 
X-Men the Animated Series, the end of season one. We were only reviewing one episode tonight because of the fact that this show has odd numbered Mm -hmm. episodes for seasons. And tonight's episode is The Final Decision, Mm. which originally aired on March 27th, 1993, directed by Larry Houston and written by Mark Edward Eden. In this episode, the X-Men and Magneto team up to stop Master Mold from replacing Senator Kelly's brain with a computer. We have officially are starting to take plot ideas from the worst episode of Star Trek. and engage in an all-out battle against thousands of sentinels kelly calls off his anti-mutant campaign and Breed beast is finally freed from prison after doing nothing all season long, long. but sit in a jail cell oh he's in the stinking opening sequence and he barely has done anything so far he's quoted shakespeare Beer? a lot and detetsky uh, detetsky i can't say his name yeah He's very well read. He's very well read. Getting into the guest cast. (laughs) Senator Kelly is played by Lynn Carlson. We also get Magneto. I am Magneto, master of magnet. (laughs) Played by David Hemblin. Master Mold and the Sentinels, played by David Fox. Bolivar Trask, played by Brett Halsley. Henry Gyrick, played by Barry Flatman, and at the very end, Mr. Sinister. Oh, yeah. Being voiced by Christopher Britton. Uh, yeah, that's what I got for guest cast. All right. What are your thoughts on this episode? My there was really no trivia. Uh yeah, that's true. There other than no, there is one yes, really there interesting is. bit of trivia. When Gambit is getting his mind scanned by Dr. by Professor X to find the person on Genosha. That's right, yeah. You see for three seconds, or maybe just a second, Ghost Rider. That's right, you did. In his only appearance in the whole series. (laughs) Like, what the heck was that? He will go show up. A Ghost Rider will show up on Spider-Man at one point. Right. It's not the same one. (laughs) Because this is not Johnny Blaze. I looked up which one it was, because someone with way too much time on their hands... Uh Figured out from the design which one it was. And I'm like, I didn't think to write that down, but oh well. Oh, but yeah, like there again, it ties there again. Master Mold was destroyed. He's still not plugged in. He's still not plugged. (laughs) Or he's still plugged in. Yeah, he's still plugged in. It's like, like, did you not learn your lesson, Master Mold? Like, get you know, have a like reserve backpack of power. he didn't because he survived two destructions at this point yeah he should have been blown up in what was it slave island was that the actual actual name of the episode more island no No. he wasn't at Muir island he was on slave island which was genosha yeah genosha i'm sorry Genosha. yeah and then he blew up in the middle of this one only to rise up out of the mountain like he's freaking King Ghidorah and say, you cannot defeat Master Mold. If they could use your last episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he gets, you know, plowed by the X-Jet. Yes. <laughs> Being f- flown, not by Professor X, who was in the pilot seat, but Magneto no. with his Master of Magnet powers. <laughs> uh, um, I, the thing is, I, I realize that 
technically the trivia that we got from the third episode or the fourth episode about that being the last time Magneto was a villain is technically wrong in this episode for a hot minute at the beginning. He was still technically a villain. Yes, he was. <laughs> Because this one ties, he, ties in with the second. He the, kidnapped um, a Senator Kelly. He did. Because <laughs> oh. he's, he's he's going to kill Kelly. And then a Sentinel shows up, destroys his ship. Yes. You, I love that. It's like, you send a robot to fight the master of magnetism. My body is made out of plastic, plastic. not metal. <laughs> Your point? This entire <laughs> ship is my weapon. <laughs> Oh my gosh! The show, the show. Oh, this is great. It is. I agree. It is. It I is rem- good. Th- th- this is the thing. I, a couple of these episodes, we watched it. I know I never saw this first season originally, except for maybe uh, Night of the Sentinels. Yeah. The rest of this season, I never watched. Not because I wasn't looking for it. It just, I, I just never caught it on television back mm. in the day. I, rem- I remember watching uh, the one where Colossus shows up. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember. I, I think I yeah. vaguely remember uh, the one where Angel gets turned into Archangel yeah. With, yeah. by uh, Apocalypse and Mystique. Yeah. But. Other than that, it's like, I don't, I swear I did not watch this season. And this season has been so weird and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely looking forward to where we're going after this. I agree, I agree with you. Uh, the fact to be like, like, there again, modern kids nowadays be like, you get to go on Disney Plus and go watch it in order. Back when we were kids, it was like you had to know when the next episode was coming out on Fox Kids right. and be home to watch it unless your mom records it for you and is not watching Days of Our Lives. <laughs> or some other show that er, comes on at that time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I will say this. Previously, when I was a kid and I watched this show, mm-hmm. I watched it on a 19-inch CRT television. This is going to sound weird. As much as I would have loved to have watched this on the screen I'm watching it on now as a child, yeah. uh-huh. I think it actually has lost something being put in a, in progressive scan and not in interlaced in 480. It's missing something. Because mm. I think and think it's because I'm noticing the cheapness of the animation. More. Yeah. That's about all it can be. Because, yeah, they are doing, like, I say cheapness of the animation. Mm -hmm. These character models are very detailed. Yeah, agreed. Far more detailed than are easily animatable. And I think that was less obvious in the movements in lower definition on a small screen. Okay, that makes sense. That's about the best way I know how to put this. Because, like I said, uh, in the first episode, the opening sequence does is it's while well, it's the same opening sequence i remember yeah it's not as smooth as i remember yeah some of that is nostalgia i know that yeah but some of that is just the simple fact of the technical differences between a 480i signal that mm-hmm. disney plus is trying to 1080p progressive mm-hmm. or a 480i master being put mm-hmm. on 1080p progressive with no interlife scan no even not even ai to clean it up yeah uh, nothing like that. It's just whatever they had back then. And there's just elements of it that when viewed in our modern technology just looks a little. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
But other than that, this episode is, was a great end of the season. I agree. It, it tied it, up uh, a couple of loose ends. It did. We had a quick reference to uh, Morph mm -hmm. without actually showing Morph because he's not alive again yet. Mm -hmm. I, I like how uh, technically I'm not supposed to know Morph comes back. And I have no idea when or how he comes back. I just know he does. Yeah. And yeah. he'll sound just as weird and strange when that happens, too. Yeah, that's true. And also the fact that, like, Morph was created for this series. Right, and because was... they didn't want to kill the only Native American X-Men in the first episode. Someone wisely said to them, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's like apparently the character was so popular they had to bring him back. Yeah. And it's just like, why did you bring him back? <laughs> just asking why. Because I remember as a kid watching these later episodes, and I'm like, man, this character is annoying. And I I'm I'm guarantee watching this, you know, for season two next week is gonna be like uh it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> But we'll get there when we'll we get, get there. there when we get there. Yes. But uh, I will say ending. I will say one other thing I liked about this is we I guess I in my mind I'd forgotten this, but the idea that Rogue and Gambit are a couple. Uh -huh. I kind of knew this, oh, yeah. but because of the movies where it's everyone's in love with Logan for some reason. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. I forgot that Gambit and Rogue were a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, Gambit was never in the movies, so they couldn't. No. Really, he was in one of the movies. Yeah, and he was played by Will I Am. No, he wasn't. I thought that was who played Gambit no. in in X Men Origins no. Wolverine. No, Will I Am played like another character, but they had some guy I don't remember who, but he he played Gambit, or he played Remy Laveau. I'm just curious. I'm I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, I'm saying I may have I may be misremembering. Yeah, stuff. I, I think I. I no, I, I am played another character. Right, 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 right. But he he Wolverine does team him up with Remy Laveau and has a pretty good interesting fight in that movie. It has been a while since I've seen a lot of the X-Men live action movies. So, and I just vaguely remember thinking when I watched X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is where he is in that. That's that's him. Uh, I remember thinking, for some reason, thinking that was mm -hmm. uh, Gambit in that because yeah. it was like a lot of weird choices. Yeah, I mean, heck, you had uh, Wade Wilson being played by uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. That's just an odd choice. Yeah, it's just like well, that'll never Ryan? work. That's no, only going to work in this one movie. Like, It'll yeah, never happen again. Yeah, it's just terrible. That's right? like saying Ryan Reynolds will play Pikachu one day. <laughs> Okay, he played John Wraith, who I don't know who that is. In uh, in that's who Will I Am played in X Men Origins. Oh, okay. Uh, can I just search the character Gambit on here, and it will show me? Uh, no, no. be like, uh, you were right there. Do just you, go back. Do you remember which movie Gambit was in? This one, the movie you're looking at right now. It's right there oh, in front of you. Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. I don't know this guy. Me either. Who are you, Taylor? Oh yeah, he was in uh, uh, John Carter. That oh, that that because that, that performed well. Yeah, I'm not saying the movie is bad, folks. I'm just saying <laughs> it didn't do well. 
Yeah, I, I still I'm looking through this. I have no Who's idea who he is. I didn't watch Battleship. Okay. I saw how bad Transformers was. Why would I watch Battleship? <laughs> You're lucky I got to see Turtles. <laughs> Bay Turtles. Bay obviously. Turtles. Yeah, Bay I, Turtles. I, I granted, the Battleship, second one's better. Battleship was not a Michael Bay film, but it might as well have been from that what I true. saw. That is true. But I don't think we're here to talk about no. X, you know, the we, movie X-Men. We're here to talk about the animated series. Well, pretty much. I think we may have gotten it finished. I think we did. So we need to actually announce what we're reviewing next week. Mm-hmm. What are we reviewing next week? It'll come up. Uh next week. Oh, we got some we got a fun one here. Mm. Satellite Girl and Milk Cow is the movie. Oh, that movie you bought. The South Korean anime. Oh, my God. About a guy who uh, he's got a crush on a girl, but she ditches him. And for some reason, that turns him into a milk cow. And a actual South Korean satellite that was being decommissioned, heard him, fell to earth, turned into a girl, and ran around with him all while Merlin who is now a roll of toilet paper, is following along with them. It's a goofy movie. What? <laughs> yes. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Yes, it's a, it's a weird movie. It's the weirdest movie yeah, I think exactly. I've ever seen. And it's not a bad one. It's just, by that description alone, it's like, huh? Because I remember, you, really, we, were, we were at... I've uh, talked about this you on have. the show. You have. Because you, you we, bought it at uh, half price, half price books. books. We were there, I think, waiting to see a movie. Yeah, or we, on were. A, we were there on a singles event, waiting to sit down. Yeah, I think for dinner, and we both went into half price because it's like we got to do something while we're waiting. Yeah, and we both looked at movies. I think both of us were thinking in terms of we movies were. for the show. We were. We and were. I think that's where I bought my current copies of Final Fantasy Advent Children. Final Fantasy uh, Spirits Within yeah. and Final Fantasy Advent Children, Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children Complete, yeah. which I didn't know was different from Advent uh-huh. Children. Exactly. It's the same movie, but I mean, mm-hmm. Complete is better. Yeah. And then I saw this and go, huh, this looks like my kind of garbage. <laughs> Literally my thought here. And yeah, it's my kind of garbage because it's not really garbage. It's more like, okay. You know how there's some foods out there that taste weird mm-hmm. that make you wonder why would I eat this and yet you're willing to go back for a second helping? Fair. That kind of movie. Okay. Best way I know how to explain it. Okay. Fair. But yeah, that's the movie we're reviewing next week. Excellent. And uh, the X-Men episodes we're reviewing next week is Till Death Do Us Part, Parts 1 and 2. I suspect somebody's getting married. Mm, maybe. Somebody it is... get the preacher. Somebody get the ring. If I remember the rest of the song from the Muppet, Muppet State Manhattan, I'd keep going, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're reviewing next week. Yes. <laughs> you got anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh yeah, next week's gonna be interesting. Let's say that. Oh yes. <laughs> Apparently, Drew likes the movie. <laughs> It's a movie. It's a it's, it's a weird movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I will never in my life say it is 
better than any of the Studio Ghibli stuff we've done. Okay. But it might be the closest thing from South Korea South Korea that gets close. Oh, okay. Even though it's got such a weird premise. Gotcha. But we'll look at that next week. All right. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And I don't have to worry about messing up and not allowing someone to self-promote this week because our stuff is in the uh, outro. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. That's all, folks. I thought you were going to finish the line. (laughs) Can you say that legally?